You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. It is absolutely popping off. Do you know what we call that sometimes? Dick High Fun Balls. And Anthony Rinaldi. I'm going to say something crazy. How about being like a dog? Oh, at the buzzer. Oh, he missed it. Oh, oh, gee. The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast. Friday morning dab edition 17 coming your way. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, and unfortunately, not able to join me today due to technical difficulties, my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. We are disappointed that we can't be together again for the second straight week. So what we're going to do is I'm going to dive into this Friday morning dab. And then we are going to give Mr. Rinaldi an opportunity next week. We're going to leave some discussion on the table. And we're going to give Mr. Rinaldi an opportunity next week to get back on here and talk. Because this is a tantalizing topic. But first, before we get into that, we remind you that you need to get us on Twitter and on Instagram, at Dab Podcast on both, and you also need to visit the website, DAABpodcast.com, to get your gear, to subscribe, to download, and to become a part of our mailing list, because you want everything AA Balls Podcast. And of course, we are presented to you by Digme Nation, which you can find in Bloomingdale's, Tilly's, and Lids. Head over to DigmeNation.com and use the promo code DIGTHEDAB18 to receive 30 off of your purchase and the beautiful thing is that's tomorrow that's the day after and that's the day after so so purchase something dig me all week use the promo code dig the dab 18 and you'll receive 30% off all week and remember that's digmedation.com and the dab podcast is the official sports podcast of the guy in the tie yesterday the NCAA released a rule for college basketball changing The rules for an underclassman that enters the NBA draft, changing the rules for players in high school and college to have agents, and adding a committee that's going to keep going over rules and hopefully forming resolutions for certain things that the NCAA feels aren't right, and that is a two-independent group committee for the NCAA. But that's not why we're here, because we're here. For the main part of that rule, which is underclassmen who enter the NBA draft and go undrafted can now return to school pending approval from the NBA and the NBA PA. And college players and elite high school players, as deemed by USA Basketball, can hire agents. So those two right there, underclassmen who enter the draft and go undrafted can go back to school. And a college player and an elite high school player, which is a weird definition in its own right, can now hire agents. So what does this all mean? Because on paper, it sounds great. On paper, it sounds like the NCAA is finally getting something right. And I'm not going to sit here and just kill the NCAA to kill the NCAA because every time the NCAA does anything, it feels like they deserve to be killed. But in this scenario... I will give them the benefit of the doubt in one aspect, and that is the fact that they have finally realized that there needs to be a change, specifically in basketball, for this rule. Because 
one and dones have not only killed the com- competitive balance in college basketball, one and dones have also begun to kill individuals' lives because they think that they should be going to the NBA. They leave college a year, year early because they don't want to be in school anymore. And all of a sudden, they don't get drafted, but they can't go back to school. Or they could go back to school, but they have to pay 100% of that cost, which they can't afford. Which leads you to the next side of this thing, which John Calipari spoke yesterday, and he said some fantastic things on this topic. Here's what he said. They're saying a player can leave, put his name in a draft, and if he doesn't get drafted, I wish if he was in the second round, he could go back to college. But... If they want it to be that he can go back to college after he's not drafted, my question is, what if there are no scholarships at that school because they gave the scholarships away because they thought he was leaving? What does that kid do now? Does he go to another school? Does he have to sit out? Sit out. He was trying to leave. It is a fantastic point from Coach Calipari. What happens? What if those scholarships are gone? Because if you sit down in your coach's office, you should say, hey, hey coach, listen, I'm, I'm planning on leaving and going to the NBA draft. And coach says, all right, but you were coming back to be our number one point guard. Well, that kid goes on two months after the season ends. He's going about his business, trying to get to the NBA draft. Three months goes away. Coach goes and finds another point guard. He's getting ready for the next year. Now that kid goes undrafted. Well, he was an All-American. He was a key point for our team. He was great. That's why we gave him a full ride to come here and play basketball. Now where does he go? Does he allow a one-time transfer? Is it too late in the process that even if the school that he just left doesn't have scholarships, schools around the country also don't have scholarships because it's, it's April. And the way this whole thing has begun to swing, the way NCAA athlete, athletics has begun to swing The recruiting competition in every sport is so fierce that there are probably a lot of basketball coaches that may not be afford, maybe cannot afford to have any scholarship money remaining come April or come May when they find out a kid didn't get drafted and now they want to come back to school. The second great point made by Coach Cal is that he wishes it was somebody in the second round. That if you get it, if you enter into the NBA draft and you don't go, you get drafted, but it's in the second round and you're not really happy with your draft capital or, or the spot in which you were drafted, you can still go back to school. Because if you think about it, the last pick in the NBA draft, if that's a, a college sophomore, should probably seriously consider going back to school. And that's not for his updated draft stock as much as it is, man, maybe this is pretty eye-opening, the fact that the NBA career that I'm trying to have, it might exist. I'm not taking away it didn't because you clearly got drafted. You were the 64th pick in the draft or whatever the last pick in the NBA draft is. But you're probably starting to realize that the financial gain from being an NBA basketball player might not be there for you. And you need your four-year degree degree to make sure you've set your life up, life up after college or after that small NBA career happens. So why is it that if I'm a middle second round pick and I got some bad information or maybe my agent or somebody that was a close advisor to my family or, or somewhere in that range 
gave me some bad info. Yeah, you're going to be, you know, probably not a top 10 or top 15, but maybe, you know, a top 20 or top 25 pick. Well, all of a sudden, I'm the 40th pick. And the money I thought was going to be there isn't there. And if I looked at both scenarios now and said 40th pick in the NBA draft, make this amount of money, have this hard of a climb to get to be an NBA player, go back to college for maybe one, two, or possibly three more years, seriously develop my game, be with a guy that's had over 17, 18, 20, whatever number it is, kids, drafted in the NBA, and go get my work in. So this rule, which I think Coach Cal Perry shed a lot of light on the problems with the rule, has really only helped a certain amount of players. And on top of that, the NCAA releases the rule on Thursday and blindsides USA Basketball and blindsides the NBA. Because the USA Basketball came out and said, we weren't prepared for this. NBA, same thing. And since the second caveat of that rule is that college players and elite high school players are now allowed to have agents, that means that we need to be ranking elite high school players. Well, who's doing that? Well, USA Basketball and the NBA. But USA Basketball doesn't want to do that. And they don't want to be charged with that task. Who's to say that the 21st and 22nd kid of the top 22 players in, in the country as 17, 18-year-old seniors in high school shouldn't be able to get an agent? That 22nd overall kid might need the agent more than the first overall. If I'm the best player coming out of high school, I'm most likely going to a top five school in the NCAA because I have to go to school for one year now. And I'm most likely right now being talked about by NBA experts as a first round draft pick. So all we really did was help a small percentage of student athletes, which is good. They needed help. It is stupid that if you go to the NBA draft and you don't get drafted, you're not allowed to return to school. That is why, in my opinion, Baseball has it right. Because in baseball, if I enter my name into the MLB draft, whether it's as a senior in high school, as a 21-year-old, as a guy in junior college, or as a guy that's played three years of NCAA baseball, if I don't get my name called, I'm allowed to return to school. And we have to remember, people, we are talking about student-athletes. We're not talking about athlete students. We're not talking about professional athletes. We're talking about student athletes. So baseball's got it right. I could either go right out of high school. If I don't want to go play my allotted three years of college baseball before I can enter the draft again, if I go to the NCAA level, I have the opportunity to go to junior college in which I can get enter the draft after my freshman and after my sophomore year. So baseball gives you every opportunity to have a chance to be a professional, but at the same time, continue your degree. And the second part of that is if I do go to the NCAA level for three years, get drafted, play out as long of my professional career is as possible. When I'm done with that pro career and I'm starting to set my life up after baseball, no, how, no matter how old I am, I could be a hall of famer or I could be a guy that played one major league baseball game. At the end of the day, I'm still setting my life up, life up after baseball. So Because I'm 30 credits away, 40 credits away, significantly closer to that college degree than farther away, it's more likely for me as the baseball player to want to go back to school at that point in time 
and get my education and finish that college degree, which is so huge for, again, the majority of the people we're talking about. Because remember, this whole conversation that NCAA basketball's rule changes have brought up have opened up the door for the conversation on what rule changes need to happen in the NCAA. And on top of that, we're always only talking about 1% of NCAA athletes because I would probably argue that there are more kids playing sports in NCAA, so be it Division One, Division Two, or Division Three, that we aren't even talking about. They aren't even on this conversation's radar because we worry about the Power Five conferences in football and in basketball and maybe the playoffs of the college baseball once we get to the regionals, the super regionals, and the college world series. Yeah, we see college sports everywhere. Yep, there are college sports networks. There are ESPN college networks. There are Fox college networks. All that stuff exists. But at the end of the day, when we have most of our conversation about the NCAA, we are probably talking about a top 1% to 2% of student athletes and schools that are actually affected by these rules. So I asked the people. We did another special edition of the Friday Morning Fan Bag, and we asked the people on Instagram and on Twitter, A, if they like the new rule changes to college basketball, and B, if they had any of their own rule changes that they wanted to see done. 67% of people said, yes, they like the rule change in college basketball, and I truly believe that is because people have started to see the NCAA at least taking a step towards important changes. 20% of people said no, they didn't like the rule, and 13% of people said they were 50-50, but they still need to see more. Now, that's where I fall. I'm 50-50, I need to see more. I like some, I don't like others. I think it's a step in the right direction, but it doesn't do enough. But I think majority of people are just excited to see the NCAA doing anything and understanding that Yes, they are amateur athletes, and yes, when you become a pro, you quote-unquote lose your amateur status, which is what the NCAA is founded on. There still should be an outlet for these kids to go back to school if they thought or were told they were going to become a pro and didn't become a pro and still need to finish that education. So fan mailbag, we got some good responses written in before we go here on this Friday morning. Deb, the first one is from Simple Man Radio. He says, let boosters and outside sources pay guys. Allows revenue to still pay for other sports. And that is so true. When you look at major sports in college that have these boosters or, or these ha- they have these outside people that are financially able to benefit the program and help fund the program, use those people to help get money to these players for appearances, for autographs, whatever it is, so they can start benefiting off their likeness, much like the NCAA benefits off of their performance on the field, and allow the revenue that you gain from those major sports to help you even the playing field for other non-revenue generating sports in college. For men's tennis, for women's tennis, for softball, most likely for baseball, for water polo, for track and field, a list. Because again, more sports 
don't make money at the NCAA level, then do make money. So we need to utilize those boosters, according to Simple Man Radio, and the other sources that help pay and fund these programs to give money back to these student athletes that are, are making so much money for these colleges. The next one written in from Joey Pena, Joey P7 on Instagram, a professional baseball player in the Oakland Athletics organization right now, says the necessity of players receiving their meal money. Truth. 100 percent. And that comes from a Division two baseball player right there who understands that there is no money given to these kids on the road. And it is kind of ridiculous. You want me to perform at the highest level? You want me to be a walking billboard for your college? You want me to help your school raise millions and millions of dollars with my athletic performance and the time that I put into this game? But yet when I go on the road, you can only give me six bucks to go to McDonald's? Come on now. How elite of an athlete can I be? Joey Pena. Great point. And the last one comes from Sean Waddell. This is a good one. Players make at least a fraction of the revenue from a big school. To add on to that, Sean says, a kid shouldn't come home from a championship game earning millions from their school and struggling to eat three meals a day. 100% true. And there's a common theme between all three write-ins for the fan bag DAAB Friday edition. These kids deserve to make some type of money off of the performance that they're putting on the field and they need to be able to eat. And I don't know about you, but those sound like two pretty freaking important things when it comes to just being a human being, but being an elite athlete and being able to utilize how good you are to benefit your life financially And since you're doing that and benefiting the school financially, you deserve reward both A, as our fans write in via meal money and the opportunity to be able to eat three very good meals a day, healthy meals, meals that athletes should be eating. And of course, when it all comes together, if you are making profit off your likeness as a student athlete, you're putting more money in your pocket for overall better success. Listen, we could dive into 99 different avenues and lagoons of this debate, and we're going to, but we got to get my partner back. So we are going to get it into it again next week with Anthony Rinaldi, and we're going to get an idea of what he wants to see changed in the NCAA, as well as have an interview with a current professional who is deals a lot with amateur baseball on Long Island, both at the high school and at the college level, and can kind of give us some insights on what it is like to be an amateur athlete, what the recruiting process is like, the demands of the recruiting process, and how college sports are beginning to shape up now, and how other rule changes might need to come for the NCAA. Listen, It is disappointing that my co-host could not be with me, but it is always a pleasure on Friday Morning Dab. This has been edition number 17 of the Friday Morning Dab, and we are presented by DigMe Nation. Head over to digmenation.com, use promo code DIGTHEDAB18 on any of your purchases and receive 30% off your next purchase. And not only digmenation.com, but go find the guy in the tie at Bloomingdale's, at Tilly's, and at Lids. Remember, the AA Balls podcast is the official sports podcast of the guy in the tie. I am Andrew Romanella for my co-host, Anthony Rinaldi. This has been Friday Morning Dab, edition 17, and I am out.